following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> Finally back with a new edition of the Intentional Foul, post-spring break edition, at least for me. Yeah, I wish I got a spring break. Jesus, could use one. Janesville last week, Milton this week. A lot, yeah. Would, would you have a destination? Would you go anywhere? Would you do anything? Would you I, go I, warm weather golf? I don't know. Maybe. But never. I don't never have the opportunity, the so I guess I don't think about it. See, it, Janesville's last week. Is that, doesn't it seem early? I thought it was late for Milton last week of March. Okay. I guess I guess I can't remember when we used to have That's it. That's what I mean. The only thing I would associate spring break when we were in school is the Wisconsin Rapids track meet. Yeah, because it would the, always be that week. Well, in the state basketball tournament, you know, usually ends the third week of March. So it's always after that. So I don't know. It just I don't know, it seems kind of Kind of early, but well, I don't know. I I can't remember either. So, um, are you? And I've I've seen the promo a few times now. I've been kind of curious to ask, considering you wear uh, you have a a decent amount of them, and you wear them usually for every basketball game that we do. Going to see the, the the Jordan shoe movie? I'm not going to go to the theater to see you, it. You, you you won't. No, okay. No, it doesn't. It's not a theater movie. To, okay. I mean, you know. Not, nothing will be lost on your home entertainment no, system no. that you could have seen. That I mean, I, I'm not, I, I have nothing to say negative about it. It's just, I feel like I know the story okay. for the most part. So I don't know what these guys are really going to tell me that, that I that, don't, that know. don't know. I mean, you know, it's our wheelhouse. You know, when I was younger, I was a shoe guy, yeah. obviously Jordan, all that stuff. So I feel like I I know that stuff. I've heard Sonny Vaccaro speak a million times, um, you know. I, I mean, I, I I get it's we're we're at that point now where it's like okay, well, this was forty years ago, so there's a Why whole generation of people that don't know. Right. But yeah, it's not it's not super interesting to me. But if you know if it if it shows up on Netflix or something someday, I'll probably check it out. Watch it. Yeah. I I've I've switched because I'm an undershirt guy. I've worn Hanes for about twenty five years. I just switched to jockey, and it's very it's going very well. Is so that far. a big deal it's for you? Deal. Hey, man, once you get stuck, I told Pete as I was coming over here, like, I'm 43, I got two kids, I work a ton of hours, you know, it's there's not a whole lot of excitement going on. This is my life. Okay. New new undershirt brand. You fishing for a uh, for a uh, 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 advertisement for <laughs> no. the for the pod? We no. get jockey on Hold here, on. maybe. Let's see. Three minute mark. Chop this out and send, <laughs> send it to them. No, yeah. not going to do that. But that's that's what's huge and that that's what's excitement is in my life right now. Well, there hasn't really been any excitement in my life the last couple of weeks, other than just watching a ton of mediocre basketball oh, in the NCAA yeah. tournament. So. Yeah, glad I I changed a lot of my picks because, and I'm not throwing this on you because you're not the only one. I just consumed so much. I filled out one. I had Miami going a long way. I had a bunch of different upsets in the first round. None of it means anything because my champ lost immediately. Mm-hmm. But it's like at least I could have gone more towards respectability. Sure. And it's like the Miami going. I'm like, oh well, then I guess I'll have them go out early. Whoops. Yeah. But. 
No, I, oh, man. And then, yeah, the first time I've watched this much of the NIT, uh, by the way, which. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to put myself through that. <laughs> no way. Sorry. Did you watch any baseball today? I did. I watched most of the game. I fell asleep for a couple innings on the couch. Didn't miss a thing. No. No, um, you didn't. I saw all the runs scored in the game early, and then I turned it off. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do we think? So far, I do. Do we have we have baseball on the back end? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll start where we always start, which is with football. You sent me a clip, which we haven't talked about this because we haven't done a podcast. But you sent me a clip. What was this? What's the show? Pardon my take. First things first. First things. On, first. On I can't FS1. keep track of all these. Yep. Uh, and who are the panelists? Greg Jennings. Well, Greg Jennings was on there, and it's uh, the the regulars are Kevin Wilds, Chris Broussard, and Nick Wright. Okay. Um, it's it's honestly it's one of the only shows of that kind anymore that I even watch, and I usually just watch a couple clips on YouTube because okay. I'm I'm not home when it's on. Obviously, sure. we're working, but you know, Greg Jennings has been a regular on Fox Sports now on on all the shows. He's been on Cowherd. He's been on this one um, for you know probably I would say the last five years or so. And he's been doing NFL games. And he's been doing some games as well, and. It's funny because he's been one of the few guys that's a former Packer that's really been pretty critical of Rodgers. Very vocal. And not not really the Packers as an organization no. much, although I think he, you know, he was a little butt hurt when when they let him go and I, you know, I get it. But um he's one of the guys that's been pretty critical of Rodgers over the last couple of years even during some of his MVP runs. Um and it's been kind of funny because I know you are not a big fan of Greg Jennings and some of the things that he said, and that most Packer fans, you know, have taken the position of it's sour grapes. He's just he's just mad because they cut him. Blah 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 blah. But he's got a little vindication right now because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that he's been saying, and in that clip that I sent you from uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, you know, Rogers. Rodgers is kind of the king of the half-truth. And, you know, it's funny. He he goes on McAfee's show and does his big interview a couple weeks ago. I I, I don't think we talked about this because, nope. like you said, we haven't been here. Where he basically says, I want to be on the Jets next year. And one of the main things that he, he was pounding in that interview was how he wants open communication and open dialogue with the team and the decision makers so they can get all this figured out. And then Gudikins comes out the other day and says, we've been trying to get a hold of this guy for weeks. We've got no response. He's never reached out to us at all. And it just got to the point where we got to do our job and, you know, we're preparing for next season. Um, you know, I guess, you know, who's the liar here? I I think... You have to believe Gutekunst because, really, he doesn't have much of a reason to lie. And Rodgers, over and over and over the last few years, has been caught in some of these half-truths or, you know, um, I don't know what the word you want to use, with, like when it came to the vaccination thing, like, right. like kind of semantic-y explanations for this stuff. And... Nothing will ever taint his play, in my opinion. 
I mean, I, I think his his legacy is one of the three, five, eight, wherever you want to put him, quarterbacks of all time. I think that's set. Whether he goes and wins a Super Bowl with New York or whether he goes and plays two years and they don't make the playoffs, I don't really think, you know, a Super Bowl would maybe elevate him a little bit, but I think his position is pretty much secure where it is. But I think his reputation has taken a big hit over the last, certainly the last year and a half. But I think when you put it all together, kind of sense the Jordan Love draft pick. And I don't know if you saw the tweet from your boy Tauscher. He said that Rodgers' attitude changed because of the way the organization treated Jordy Nelson on the way out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like six years ago, man. Well, from what I read from the clip and kind of when the Jennings noise started, and it's been years that yeah. it's been going on, yep. But when he started chirping about the whole Rodgers leadership, this, that, and the other, there wasn't really a lot out there about Rodgers out in the public right. that would make everybody say, "Lol, he's got a point. Right. He's like, none of us knew any of that because nothing was happening. It's been a slow burn. Right. It has. This has been building, yeah. and now we're seeing kind of the crux of it, and it's like, when he said to the other dude in that clip, which, again, you can look up on YouTube, when he said, when whoever the guy in the back was that was next to him, I think it's Nick Wright, uh-huh. and he said, I think Aaron has lost all trustworthiness. I, f- I forget how he put it, and <laughs> Jennings just goes, thank you. Yeah, watching the clip, Greg, Greg Jennings' body language mm-hmm. when these guys were all kind of finally yep. agreeing. Except for the dude across him. He he was he was very much pro Rogers, which some guys are fanboys. They can't help themselves. Certain guys they just can't bring themselves to criticize. And I can't remember who brought up the point. It might have been Jennings. It might have been Wright. I don't understand how you go from ninety percent retired if you want to take him at his word. Sure, going into this cave, and then you come out and you find out that the team is moving on, and you're going to go. They're looking to trade you, and he said, "Well." that I want to be a New York Jet. Really? That there's something that's been that much of a role reversal where now your ass is on fire that you want to go play for another organization for the first time in your career when you were 10% away from fully retired. I just don't understand that. I don't believe that he was ever close to retiring. I don't. Just too much money. There's just too much money on the line. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for him. In that regard, I'm going to go with the I played shitty last year. I took a beating uh, in the media. People are criticizing my leadership. I don't want to go out like that. Sure, I that's probably part of it, too. To me, I would view the money as secondary, but it's still a major reason. But given, to me, his track record of caring more about his image and things that people say and being defensive about opinions and things that are reported... If I'm him, I would want to try and go out in a different mode. But then again, he's never really seemed to care about that stuff to a degree either. Like the not showing up and the not taking reps and the not playing in preseason. None of that matters no matter what you guys say and blah, 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 blah. Like He just shuns all that criticism and says, you guys just don't know what you're talking about. Which, again, I am nobody. I don't know anything about anything when it comes to playing in the NFL or practicing in the offseason. You still can't convince me that 
getting time in the offseason with rookie receivers and running backs and tight ends would not somehow make you better or more prepared when the regular season starts. You can't convince me of that. You just, no matter what you say, you just can't. It's, oh, I agree. It, there's, there's just a link missing in and, my brain. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't help you, it helps them. Right. It might not help you. Yeah. That's it, fine. It, it helps. It them. helps the 21 year old Christian Watson who's walking out there and playing with you for the first time in Minnesota in the first pass of the year, you throw the bomb and he shits his pants and drops it. You know, that has nothing to do with the fact of, well, you know, if we'd have had our routes down, but it's like there's a there's a comfort level. Comfort. You're maybe not quite as in awe of what's happening if, if you're Watson in that situation. But, but if you're doing that, who's it about? It's about them. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah. Which is, we've now seen, that's kind of how he leans. He's just most of the time. He's he's a strange guy, you know, because like you said, it's it's a lot of this. You guys don't know what you're talking about, and I I'm, I'm just not going to bother with you. But then at the same time, he's got rabbit ears and he seems to hear everything, right? So there's there, there's a lot. There's just a lot of phoniness. Yes, w- with Rogers, That's a good word that, that I think that you know, diehard Packer fan or not. The, the, Take your fandom out of it and just look at him as a person. Um, yeah, it, it's it's it, there's there's a there's a lack of authenticity with him mm-hmm. that I think you know, and and maybe it's I don't know, maybe it's because these guys are around so long. Because I kind of feel like we got that way with Favre at the end too. I mean, he was very wishy washy about whether he was going to play or not, but you know, he just it's like these guys get to a point. With their with their status and their and their legacy and their fame, where they kind of feel like I don't really have to fucking answer to you, whatever you say about me, you're you know like Kyrie Irving that time when he called the media peons. Like I think that's really what a lot of modern day athletes think about people in the media. They think of them as beneath them and as peons. Where I don't think that was the case thirty years ago, because you know. A, a reporter could walk into a locker room and, you know, sometimes you, I mean, we all remember watching the old clips of guys getting into it with reporters. It happens. But it felt like there was a more of a respect level there of they're doing their job. I don't know. Maybe maybe the salaciousness is turned up a notch as well. Um, you know, maybe maybe that bothers these modern-day guys a little bit more. I don't know, but. I think they can see the difference in also the reporting, and I don't know whether a lot of the beat people, no matter what team or league you're covering, you know, it's a more cutthroat industry too. It's you're competing for likes and clicks and retweets and all kinds of other stuff. And like it or not, the the companies that employ those people, they're tracking that stuff. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. there's probably a lot of pressure on people to produce that sort of content. So they're going to do whatever they need to do to kind of get a leg up on somebody else. Is it irresponsible sometimes? Maybe. Um, yeah, I, like when Brian Windhorst came out and said the Rockets coach was crying in the locker room after a game, and then he had to retract it because he made it up. Like, what the fuck is that, man? That's bad. I mean, that's just bad. But I, I I'm tired of the Roger stuff. I mean, oh, I am. I, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the it's, trade. It's awful. Uh, you know, the draft is what is today? The 29th draft is under a month away. I'm just waiting for this. Woody Johnson has come out and said, you know, we're we're anxious to do it, but we're following a timeline. And the latest I read today is it really doesn't look like the Jets want to give up their number one pick, and it doesn't look like they're going to have to, which 
I'm not surprised by that. I'm not at all. I, I don't think I don't think Aaron Rodgers at 40 years old is worth a first round pick. I just don't. I don't even care. Especially right now. if you don't know that he's only going. He might only play one year. He might get there. You go six and eleven, and he goes fuck this. <laughs> you know, I just oh, made yeah. an, I just made another forty five million dollars. I'm good. And I'm the good. Fact that they think they're going to win a Super Bowl to me is laughable. I it just. Well, the road is just so much more difficult in the AFC. Well, and I don't know what the Jets have that the Packers don't that you can look at that team and say, my chances are a lot better over here. Like, really? Okay, good luck. I, I, I just don't see it. Tougher division, but, tougher conference. You yeah. know, you've, you've, got, you've got a potential stud at wide receiver in Wilson, Garrett Wilson. You've got a potential really good running back in Brees Hall, depending mm-hmm. on how he comes back. I think their defense Decent last defense year was, was good. Was good. Yep. You know, kept them in some games. But yeah, I, I don't. You don't look at it and go, "Wow, you put Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, and they're holy shit, they're the favorite now." It's no way. No, I don't even know that they're the favorite in their division over right. Buffalo. I really, you know, really. So, I, I wouldn't bet on them going into Buffalo. I wouldn't. I might not even bet on them going into Miami. No, no. So there's there's two thirds of your division, right? You know, maybe well, in, in New England, you figure they, they'll be, probably they'll probably beat you once, just because, just because, just because Belichick will do something and they'll pull one out of their ass. But yeah, it's it's. I'm with you, man. I'm I'm tired of hearing about it too. I, it was kind of nice not having to talk about it for two weeks, to be <laughs> honest with you, because it's just you know n- there's no movement. Um, nope. I, I don't think this. I don't think anything happens until right before the draft. I would if I had to guess, you, yep. I think the Packers are going to drag this out until. They absolutely have to make a decision, um, but I'm ready for it to be over. Same. Um, Lamar Jackson, the agent, seems to be uh, going really well yeah. with uh, his battle with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, is this a situation where he has overestimated? Has he overestimated his value, and the Ravens are like, I don't uh, what, or does he have a legitimate? case in that the way he plays he needs a lot of guaranteed money and does Baltimore not want to do that because well you've taken us to the playoffs but we haven't done anything so why are we investing in you exactly what what are we going to get out of you now that we didn't get for the last three to five years right you know well I think it's you know him him representing himself I think is a colossal mistake oh completely because you know, there's other players that represent themselves. But they're not quarterbacks, and you're not talking about a quarter of a of a billion dollars for these contracts. I guess it kind of depends on what camp you fall in. Do you fall in the camp of, well, this is the market. Cleveland set the market. This is the market. Or do you fall in the camp of, I don't give a shit what Cleveland did. They're stupid. We're we're not going to bury ourselves because they made a stupid business decision. We're not going to do that. We have won multiple Super Bowls with non-Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks. We're well coached. We always draft well. We've always got a good defense. We're always in the mix. We can probably go out and get a guy who's competent enough to get us into the tournament, and then once you get in, you never know. I, I I have a hard time seeing him get 
anywhere close to the guaranteed money that he's asking for. And then when you factor in if he were traded, it's probably going to take, they're figuring like two first-round picks, plus then that team has to give him all of this guaranteed money, and it doesn't sound like there's really any takers. I wouldn't do that if I were them. The only team that I thought would be a interesting fit and would be right up their alley to do it is Dallas. And, I mean, if I'm if I'm Jerry Jones, I know he's in love with Dak Prescott, but I'm calling Baltimore and going, I'll give you Dak and a first-round pick straight for up. Lamar, straight yep. up. And, we're, and whatever else we got to do to make the make the money work, but those capology. But those yeah. are the two main pieces. I think it would be. I think Baltimore would be right where they've been in terms of contending for their their division and being a playoff team. And I think it would give Dallas a shot in the arm. And God knows Jerry loves his his superstars. You got Lamar, C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard. Um, that would be a an entertaining cowboy team to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen because I think Jerry Jones is in love with Dak. But um, this is not going well for Lamar. And I, I mean, is does he sit out? Does he do like what like what with Watt? You know, with Watt. I mean, that's the danger. It's like that was I know. The, I know Watson's. What, but yeah. but he missed a year. Yes, he did. And then when he came back, he was not very good. No. So I think you have to look at that if you're Lamar and go, okay, am I willing to risk that? And that's why Baltimore, to me, has all the leverage here Mm -hmm. because they just made a giant quarterback signing for their last guy, Flacco, and they killed their salary cap, and they had to get rid of him, and they cost themselves a lot of dead cap money. They were lucky they got a guy like Lamar Jackson to be so successful right after that. They're probably thinking, we're not doing this again. We're not killing ourselves if this guy doesn't turn out to be anything, and if he falls in a hole, like Flacco went so downhill after we signed him to a monster deal. So I'm getting, if I'm Baltimore, probably a little PTSD thinking about this. Like, we're we're not falling for this again. There's no way. Well, and and your your comment about how Lamar, you know, Lamar plays a certain way, so he feels like he needs to protect himself by having all this guaranteed money. That's exactly what well, the Ravens are protecting themselves. Well, what I yeah, my my thinking then is okay. Well, let's make you a pocket passer. Then we can pay you less. Is that is that what you want? You want us to to design a different offense and and run it differently? Your stats will come down because you're not that guy. You're not. You're not a Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen kind of a quarterback. What makes you special is your legs, but what makes you special is also your kryptonite. And as we saw last year when he missed the last six games, including the playoffs, where are the old running quarterbacks? They don't exist. About the time they get into their late 20s or 30, every single one of them, Cunningham, Vic, Young, Tarkenton, they all had to get to a point where it's like, I can't do this shit anymore. I can't recover. I can't recover in four days at 32 like I could at 24. It's just impossible. So, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting one that to to watch play out. I, you know, I'm not particularly a Lamar fan. I'm certainly not a Raven fan, but it will set a precedent, I think, going forward mm-hmm. for how some of these teams deal with these quarterbacks because we got a lot of young guys that are going to be coming up for for big, big, big money in the next 
three to five years. And now you've got probably how many quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the top five, top ten, that are they're going to immediately thrust into starting roles. Say, we need you. You don't know how many of them will work out. I'm just saying that. But you got another set that's going to be like, okay, if one of these one of these three or four or five hit, or a couple of them, they're going to be asking for more, more money before their rookie contract expires. Well, and if you're Baltimore, now going into the draft, don't you got to think about a quarterback? Probably. Probably. I mean, you might have been thinking about one anyway because of your your backup situation last year was pretty awful when mm-hmm. Lamar went out. Yep. So maybe you're thinking about that for insurance anyway. But now I'm thinking, well, shit, maybe I got to take one in the second round instead of waiting until the fourth round. And if I'm going to use draft capital on a guy in the second round, I'm going to probably prepare him to play. So I at some point, I don't know. It's this will yeah. be an interesting one. Uh, as far as draft stuff, I don't. Uh, I haven't really been watching. I saw a report today that the Bears are looking like they might even be accepting offers at nine now to go back down even further. But again, now you're getting into the point where it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know, people just saying stuff just to see what's out there, try and flush any information out. So I, I'm not sure unless anything actually happens. You take things with a grain of salt from here on out for the next four weeks. I am very, very glad, though, that they made the trade as early as they did. Okay. I, I just I think it was a smart move because it allows you to kind of settle in yeah. and, and really focus in on the guys that, that um, are going to be in your, your wheelhouse of where you're drafting. It takes and a lot of pressure off. It does. It does. And and I think they got nine picks, nine or ten picks this year. Right. Um. So they're going to be able to do, you know, maybe get creative with some stuff. You know, you've got a you've got a couple of future picks now to play with 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 the trade with the Panthers. So we'll have to get Lauren on. Yes. I mean, we've talked about it now, but we we got to get him on before the draft cuz sure. I'm sure he'll have some interesting takes, but um yeah, I haven't really looked much at, at mock drafts in the last week and a half yeah. either. I've just been so buried in basketball, but the one thing I did see today was that Jalen Carter guy, the defensive tackle from Georgia. Uh, he's fallen off the draft boards completely. He's the one that got in trouble. Yes. Hmm. So well, somebody's going to somebody's going to scoop him up. Yeah. It's like that. Off was it the offensive lineman from who gas mask? Yeah, Tunsil. Was it LSU? Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. yeah. And now look what he's doing. Yeah, he's the highest paid lineman in football. Yeah. So, but a gas mask is a little different than driving three hundred and fifty miles an hour and but getting people killed. But just saying, there are teams willing oh, to take sure. a PR shot for sure. In order to find somebody that's going to have all, you know, translate to success on the field potentially, mm-hmm. you know, they they're 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 fine absorbing that. So uh, again, uh, draft I think first day is the twenty seventh uh, of April. So all right, let's move to the NBA. You got the Bucks and the Celtics tonight. Um, first, let's just start there before we dive into anything else. They just beat the Pacers last night. They wrapped up a three and one road trip. Uh, Budenholzer said it was great. Holiday had a career high. Giannis with another triple double. Does everybody? Middleton was held out. Does everybody come back and play tonight? Does this mean more? Do you try? You got what six games left? So is this a, is this a must win tonight to kind of secure where you are at the top? Or would you not be surprised if some guys take the night? I off? think everybody that's healthy will play. Okay. I don't know about Crowder. He's been dealing with a little bit of a calf right. thing, and that's kind of you know. That's your worry when a guy misses the first 60 games of the year and yeah. then you come back and try to throw him into a into a playoff race. Is it a must win tonight? No. 
But if they win, they basically wrap up the one seed because okay. they would win the tiebreaker in the season series with Boston, and they would be a full four games up with five, five to, to go. go. Yep. So it would, for all intents and purposes, end that, which would be really nice for the Bucks. I've talked all year long. I think it's really important for them to get the one seed, mm-hmm. and I also think it would give them an opportunity the last eight, nine days of the season to kind of rest, rest up, guys, you know, give, you know, let Goran Dragic and and you know Javon Carter and Max and Leonard, some of these guys, Leonard and Max or whatever his name is, Miles Leonard, Miles you know, Leonard, yeah, you let those guys go in there and get some run just in case you need them down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, fifty-five and twenty-one, the first in the East, are three games up on the Celtics. They won their fifth straight Central Division title, which <laughs> do a lot of casual fans even know their divisions anymore? I don't know, man. Because I was listening to Simmons's Bill Simmons's podcast the other day, and he had made a comment that right now Miami and Brooklyn are in the six seven spot. So those two are jockeying to see who's going to be in the play in and who's going to be one of the top six seeds. Well, Simmons had made the comment that if you win your division, you cannot be in the play in. So the lowest you could be as a division winner would be the six seed. Oh, so the, right, so the Brooklyn, the so Brooklyn and Miami jockeying right. really doesn't matter. Miami's going to be the six anyway, and Brooklyn will be in the plan. Well, then the other night, I'm listening to his podcast again, and he says he was told that's actually not true. That a division winner can end up in a play-in scenario, and technically could not even make the playoffs. Which leads you to me to the question: Why do they even have them? Well, you don't hear anything about it. It's like it's like when we take the divisions out, you're either talking wild card for baseball, who's on top of the National League and the American League, or it's in the NFL, who's the best team in the NFC and who's the best team in the AFC. But it, but at least in football, if you win your division, you're in the playoffs yep. and you get, get a, a home, home game. game. And same thing with baseball. If you win your division, you can go 80 and 82. But if you win the division, you're in the playoffs. So if there's no reward for a division, why do you have divisions? I, it's, I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense because I look at the standings all the time. I never look at the division standings. I'm only looking at the conference because that's all that matters. So that's something the NBA is going to have to going to have to have a reckoning with because why? And the other thing is, most of these teams in the NBA that are consistently good, they're not hanging division champion. Boston and LA and. And Golden State, and and I think even the Bucks are to the point now where it's like, what? what who cares? It doesn't mean anything, you know. You're nobody's buying Bucks Central Division champion gear. I don't even know if they make such a thing. <laughs> it's just very strange. I'm gonna look that up right now. What you're um, talking. But yeah, you know, last five games they've won four of them. Blew out the Spurs at home by 36. Oh yeah. Destroyed Utah by 30. Beat Detroit. By nine, and then last night they beat Indiana by 13. They lost at Denver, which is just always a really hard place to play, and it was the second night of a back-to-back um, in the midst of a, of a four-game road trip, so I, I'm not going to get too wound up about that. The Bucks went basically like a full quarter in the, in the third of that game where they just didn't make a shot. Um, the game last night against Indiana... One of the worst professional basketball games I think I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. There was 
there was less than zero defense played in that game. I'm not sure they even needed refs. Um, Drew Holiday ends up with a career high 51 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists. And it was like in the first half, it was like a fucking layup drill for him. <laughs> he was just getting the ball back down, back down, back down, spin move, little jump hook in the lane, back down, back down, off the glass, back down, back down, off the glass. It was ridiculous. Giannis had 20, 10, and 9 at half. And he ends up with a 38, 17, and 5 or something. Or no, uh, 10. He had a triple-double. Him and Drew combined for 89 points, 25 rebounds, and 20 assists. I mean, Indiana just didn't guard anybody all night long. And, uh, I mean, it was great for the Bucs. It allowed them to kind of coast a little bit last night um, going into into tonight's game with the Celtics. But it was a terrible game. Uh, you know, the stats look great. You know, good for Drew. It's cool when they, you got to 50, but not 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 good NBA basketball for sure. Yeah. Um, Boston tonight at home, Philly at home Sunday. So you 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 play the top two teams in the East in the next two games. You're one and one against Boston, and you're one and one, I believe, against Philly. Um, those records are a little misleading because not everybody's played for both right. teams in those games. Um, but I, you know, I I I really I think the Bucks are in a great spot if they stay healthy with their main guys and by that I mean Giannis, Drew, Middleton and Brooke. And and if and I think you could throw Portis in there. If those five guys stay healthy, I don't see the Bucks losing in the playoffs. I think they'll win the title. Um you know, Ingles, Crowder, Connaughton. I'm a little worried about Connaughton right now. His he's really really struggling with his shot. Um, he's shooting about 28% from three here in the last month. And he just, he hasn't really been himself all year. He missed like the first six weeks of the season with the, with a, uh, I think it was a calf or a groin injury. I can't remember. He just has never really got going. Um, thankfully they haven't needed him because, you know, they've had other guys step up mm-hmm. and, a, and a, and a guy like Grayson Allen, who last night had one of the oh, most, that was awesome. r- most ridiculous dunks you'll ever see took one of the worst Falls on a dunk you'll ever see. I don't know how he didn't stay down. And if Grayson had fouled Wara oh, the oh. way Wara fouled Grayson, he, he, people would have wanted him out of the fucking league. Yes. And I don't even think what Wara did was dirty. It was just just the way it, it was just happened. Play. Yep. It was, yeah, yep. it was just one of those things that happens. Um, thankfully, Grayson Allen didn't get hurt on that. Well, but he, he rolled and then he popped right up, and I was like, because I watched it again because I wanted to. See the aftermath. I like. I was so concerned about the finish. I'm like, oh, that was cool. Then I watched it again, and I went, wait a minute. I gotta watch him after he does that. Yeah, to see what happened. And I just kind of went, oh. Well, I, initially I thought he landed on his hip. He must have got a lot of cheek. It looked like you know? he almost did like one of the wrestling flops where you like stick your shoulder blades out, and he almost landed right. parallel, like a little. So it's like you've avoided major injury to all yes. the necessary. Yes. Parts of you, right? You know right. what I mean. Oh, like, yeah, for the sure. first thing they teach you in wrestling schools is how to how to how, fall, how to fall. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's kind of what I look. Tuck your chin, right? And put and your like, blades out. Yeah, yeah, right. So no, but it was a it was a phenomenal dunk, um, out of nowhere. And I mean, it was pretty funny to watch the Bucks bench and oh, they were nuts. And then it was even funnier to watch the Bucks bench later when they took the picture of like six Bucks. I think it was Middleton, Giannis, Thanasis. 
Drew, Brooke, and Ingles all sitting cross-legged on the bench like the dudes in Major League. It was, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Pretty funny picture. Uh, but, yeah, counting tonight, six games left. So this is uh, this is the stretch run, and and um, we'll, we'll get into the standings here in a minute yep. just to kind of okay. see who where everybody sits. So the Bucks have already clinched a playoff spot. So has Boston. So has Philly and also Cleveland. Um, what's the rest of the East look like? Who else is in it? Well, and I know you mentioned the battle for the play, and I know the Bull, the Bulls are hanging on to the tenth right now. They just lost last night. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Bucks win tonight, the top four are pretty much going to be locked into their spots, which would be Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland. Um, it looks like the the Knicks are four games behind Cleveland for the four spot. They're three and a half, or they're two and a half up on Brooklyn for the five spot. So I think the Knicks are going to end up five. Like I said, Brooklyn and Miami, game and a half separating them right now. Brooklyn is in the sixth spot. So the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Bulls are currently in the play-in. The Bulls are in the tenth spot, like you said. They're mm-hmm. two games up on Washington. I, I don't think... Um, that will change. I think those four teams are going to be in the play-in. Atlanta and Toronto are tied for the eight spot right now, so there could be a little jockeying there. But um, you're probably looking at, I'm guessing, Miami-Atlanta in one play-in game, Toronto and the Bulls in the other. Um, I have a feeling the Bucks are going to end up playing either Atlanta or Toronto in the first round. Oh, um, which, which the Bucks will win those series, yeah. but those two teams do present some issues for the Bucks, And, you know, I, I, I kind of have that that horror from the Atlanta series of Giannis's <laughs> yeah. injury, even though it had nothing to do with Atlanta. I just don't even want to see them. Sure. And and Toronto, like I said, the Bucks would beat them, but I think it would be like a six-game series because Toronto is really, really well coached, and there's some matchup problems um, that the Bucks would have to contend with. So. <laughs> You know, Bucks Cavs second round would be fun. I, I really enjoy that Cleveland team. I think they're a year away from being a real contender. Boston Philly in round two would be a war, and and that's what makes getting the one seed so important. So for you the need Bucks. to avoid both of them. Let those two beat the shit out of each other, <laughs> and they will. And I think that's a knockdown, drag out seven game semifinal series. Slobber knocker. Yeah, and you know. If not that not that Cleveland would be any kind of a walkover, but I I think the Bucks would be able to handle them with a lot less effort than if they had to play okay. one of the other two in that in that round. So, All right. so in the West, I just saw the uh, article today or yesterday that the Kings snapped the mm-hmm. however long sixteen years, years it's think. been that they yeah. they've made the playoffs. They join Memphis and Denver of teams, so there's still a lot of room in the West. For stuff to happen, um, the West with, is wild. It's it's yeah, no pun intended. They're just gonna say so. Yeah, like you said, Denver they're three and a half up uh, on Memphis for the one seed. Memphis is two games up on Sacramento for the two seed. Sacramento's five games ahead of Phoenix for the three seed. So Phoenix is forty one and thirty five in the four seed. Dallas is 37 and 40 in the 11 seed. So there's only four games separating seven spots in the West. So there is going to be massive movement in the last week. I mean, you've got like Phoenix could finish fourth or 10th 
be hard for them to finish 10th with Durant back now, but you get my point. The Clippers, Paul George is out for the rest of the regular season. Don't know how that's going to work for them. Golden State, they have sucked. They, they're, they're 40 and 37, and they have 31 of those wins at home. So I haven't looked at their schedule here down the stretch to see their home and road, but that's a concern for them. The Lakers are sitting at 500 in the eighth spot, but they're only a game and a half up on their two games from being in the 12th spot. <laughs> so, you know, you've got the Pelicans who were awesome at the beginning of the year. Then Zion gets hurt, hasn't played in like three months. They go in a swoon. Now they're hot again, and they're, they've worked themselves back into the play-in. Oklahoma City, who I bet most casual fans couldn't name two people on their team, they're right now in the 10 spot. That Adams guy still on the team? No, he's on Memphis. I think he's in a commercial now. Yeah, yeah. Something. Okay, Hold, well, holding, then, holding people on yeah, his arms. Yeah, it's on his arms, yeah. Okay, then I can't name one, no. The surprising one is Dallas. So they make the big trade to get Kyrie. Since then, they have not been good. And... <laughs> I can't stand Kyrie Irving. I think that's been well documented. I can't really blame him here for this. Um, Dallas, you know, when you make these trades, everybody just looks at the big name. Oh, Dallas got Kyrie. But Dallas traded their two best defensive players on the wing to get Kyrie. And you now have... Maybe the worst defensive backcourt in NBA history in Luka and Kyrie. Luka doesn't even try half the time. Luka doesn't even run down the court half the time. I read something the other day where somebody, uh, an NBA scout, said he's the worst transition defensive player in NBA history, just in that guy's opinion. Um, you, You can't win that way, and you certainly can't win that way in the playoffs. I don't know if Jason Kidd will survive this. Um because Dallas was a team, they were in the conference finals last year. And you've got a guy in Luka Doncic, who's one of the five best players in the league, but the referees hate his guts because he <laughs> complains nonstop. And I think that, I think he's a really hard guy to play with. Okay, He has the ball the whole game. Mm-hmm. And he's awesome in that he can create an open shot for you. But as a basketball player, it's really hard to just not touch the ball for three minutes and then I have to make a three. It's just hard to do. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that team down the stretch because I think if they don't make the playoffs, that is a monumental disaster oh, for them. Oh, hell yes. And, you know, the clock with, with all these young guys, and we, we lived with it with Giannis, you know, three, four years ago, the clock's ticking on these guys with these contracts. And Luca just signed an extension like a year ago, so he's like, I think, in year one of his five-year deal. But as we saw with Anthony Davis, as we saw with Irving, Harden, and Durant on Brooklyn, these guys can at any time in these contracts yep. take their Get ball and go home. Out of here. They didn't say, fuck you, yep. I want out. Yep. And if Dallas continues to not be able to put a team around Luca, why am I here? Send me somewhere you know, else. He's not American. He, you know, he doesn't have any personal ties to Dallas. You know, I mean, I, he's a guy as a Buck fan that we should all keep our eye on in that regard. 
because him and Giannis are friends. And we're we're getting with the Bucks, we're getting to kind of the back end of this run with this group, with with Chris, Brooke, and Drew, especially. You know, Brooks I think Brooke turns thirty five tomorrow. Holiday's thirty two or thirty three and Middleton's thirty two. And Middleton's had some injury stuff the last couple of years. So, you know, this is an older Bucks team. Ingles is 36. Crowder's 32. Drogic is 35. They got some older dudes on this team. So the next year or so, they're going to have to retool. And, you know, it, it might be an opportunity for the Bucks to try to go out and snag one of these unhappy superstars that may look at Giannis and go, yeah, I'll go play with that dude. I'm not – I don't care about if it's Milwaukee or not. This isn't – this isn't 1987 anymore, right. you know. Um, so just just something to keep an eye on. I, I think it's kind of yeah. interesting. Um, the last thing I wanted to say about the NBA, and, and it kind of goes back to something we talked about a couple weeks ago with, with Lillard when he was on, Damian Lillard when he was on J.J. Reddick's podcast. It does kind of suck now in in basketball. It's it, it's I think basketball is the worst at this, but I think we we see it in football a lot too. The, the Ricky Bobby mantra of if you ain't first, you're last. Mm-hmm. It seems like in sports we've hit this point where if I, I if I don't win the title, I would just assume be the worst team in the league. Like, nobody seems to put any value anymore on the journey of building a team. We've got some young guys. Let them grow. Okay, we made the playoffs. Then next year, now let's win a round, and then maybe the following year, now we can compete. The Bucks did that, you know, and then, you know, you add a piece accordingly like they did with Holiday, and then that puts you over the top. But I don't know. Like, I, I just – and the MVP conversation has kind of brought this up for me because I think Jokic or Embiid is going to win it. And the argument against Jokic has been, well, he's going to win his third in a row, but he doesn't ever do anything in the playoffs. Well, but we got, I, I feel that we need to appreciate what these guys do on a daily basis. It's like, you know, I mean, and I've even done it with you with, with Rodgers with the Packers. You know, the guy's been there for 16 years and you've only been to one Super Bowl. Yeah, that's not great, but... Yeah, the guy has been fucking awesome for a decade and a half. You know, Peyton Manning. Yeah, he couldn't really beat New England, but he's he revolutionized really the good. position. Yes, really awesome. You know, and, and, and Damian Lillard. Like, Damian Lillard is going to go down. He's probably going to be a top 15 to 20 all-time scorer in the NBA. He's had 70-point, 60-point, 50-point games. He's won series in the playoffs on walk-off buzzer beaters. He's done everything you can do as a lead guy except make and win the finals. Right. And it's it's just like they're going to talk about him the way they talk about Barkley or Carl Malone or Patrick Ewing. And it's like people forget how fucking awesome these people were. And, you know, they Sorry, see, Charles and Patrick, they couldn't beat Michael Jordan. They see a zero next to the yeah, titles, and they, therefore... Okay, they couldn't beat it. Jordan. Right. You know, James Harden. Okay, he couldn't beat fucking Golden State. You guys keep telling me that Curry and Durant are two of the 15 best players ever. But you well, expect but, him well, to beat them. But why would yeah. he win then? Right. doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So, 
I just, you know, and, and with the Bucks and with this run, and I've said it before, everybody should appreciate what we're seeing with Giannis. Mm-hmm. This is a once-in-a-generation deal. When he's gone, the Bucks might be shitty for 25 years after that. Um, but appreciate what we have now. Multiple MVPs, finals MVP, title. I think, they're, I think they will win another title while he's here. That's good. Um, but don't make it just be about that. Right. Enjoy this. I mean, like last night, not a great game, but it's like, dude, Giannis is dunking on dudes and he's <laughs> getting triple doubles and, you know, Holiday's doing whatever the hell he wants. It's like, these guys are unbelievable players. Just enjoy it, you know? Good words. Good words. I like that. Okay. That's my rant for the day. All right. No, that's good. That's solid. Uh, now we turn to some NCAA tournament stuff. Um, we haven't really talked since we talked about our brackets and filling stuff out. We're all the way to the final four. Um, we'll get to the Badgers just briefly uh, in a little bit. Marquette, you were worried about that that second-round game to Michigan State, and that's turned out to be a, a valid concern um, because Izzo showed up in the tournament, Michigan State showed up, and uh, unfortunately for Marquette, their run is fairly small. Yeah, and... You know, Marquette fits into what I was just talking about. I've seen some people say, "Oh, you know, they lost and they didn't even get it out of the first weekend. What a what a what a what a choke job! What a what a bad way to end the season." They and, weren't and it's like, picked to do any of this, dude. They won the regular season and conference tournament in the Big East, which is player of the one year, of the three, coach of the year, three best conferences in the country. No seniors. Yeah, like have some perspective. Totally, totally. Um, Michigan State. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, they were built exactly the way a team needs to be built to give Marquette problems. And Marquette had problems with Creighton. They had a good big guy. They had problems with UConn, who had a good big guy. They had problems with the Badgers and some of their size. Um, So this was going to be a tough game going in. Everybody knew that. The one thing that was disappointing was... And, and this really covers both games. Tyler Kolick was bad. He was bad. He played two bad, stupid games. Got himself in foul trouble immediately in both games. I mean, in the first game against Vermont, that was a game until about mm-hmm. the four, 13, 14 minute mark of the second half when Cam Jones went nuts. Cam Jones doesn't go nuts. They might not get out of that game. Um, and then in the Michigan State game, I mean, just silly fouls from Kolick. I think he had six or seven turnovers. He was just, you could tell that, you know, the, the early foul trouble completely took him out of his rhythm. And it's, it's funny because when I was growing up and my dad was coaching me, he would get so pissed off at me when I would get a foul in like the first two minutes of the game because you have to change the way you play. And that was the disappointing part about it for me with Kolick was, you know, when when we do uh, the high school games on the radio, one of the things that we talk about a lot, and we talk about it with players, coaches, even referees, is you got to know time and score. And in this instance, you also have to know your value to your team. And when you're the biggest player of the year, you are the straw that stirs the drink. You're driving the bus. You're initiating all the offense. You're making all the decisions. And your backup 
is a freshman who has played 12 minutes a game all year long, you cannot get in foul trouble in these tournament games. You just can't do it. If if that means you got to give up a layup, give up the layup. You getting a steal with 14 minutes left in the first half doesn't mean anything. But he just was making poor decisions. And it's it's a disappointing way for Marquette to end because I think if they win that game, I think there's a good chance they're in the Final Four right now. I think they would have beat Kansas State, FAU, who knows. Um but they, there was an opportunity there for them to make a run, and, and unfortunately, you know, you, you run into one of the best tournament coaches ever. I think they said he's Izzo's twenty three and seven in the second day. Sure. So with one day to prepare, mm-hmm. and that just tells you how good he and his staff are. And and look, Michigan State, man, they're they're Michigan State. You know, um, I don't really give a shit what their record is during right. the year. I don't care where they finished in the Big Ten. What their seed is. They've got good guys. Yep. They're tough as shit, and they're well coached. I mean, their freaking point guard is like a fullback that can dribble. You know, I mean, that's just how they're built. And and they played well and, and were able to knock Marquette out. So, All right. Uh, briefly, don't have to run down everything, but just kind of go through what you've seen from the bracket. Any surprises that you've seen? We had a lot of top seeds go down. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about Bama not being able to carry it the whole way. Purdue couldn't carry it any distance at all. And then Arizona uh, out right away as well. So, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of unexpected things that happen in this tournament. Well, I saw, I saw what is one of the worst losses in the history of basketball. That Purdue. In, in the first game. No. Oh. In, in, like, the first game of the tournament. Virginia losing oh, to yep. Furman. Last second three. Their their senior point guard gets the ball. Virginia, senior point guard, was on and started for the national championship team a couple years ago. Gets double teamed in the backcourt under 10 seconds left and just throws it down the floor. Over his head, just like hook shot passes it down the floor, presumably to let the clock run out. But there's like eight seconds left. Furman picks it off, throws it to the guy on the wing, and he makes a three, and they beat Virginia. Couldn't believe it. I've <clears throat> I've never seen anything like that before. Um, <laughs> Arizona losing to Princeton. That was my pick. So my bracket's busted at about four o'clock on that, that was mine that i had i had arizona i tweeted at the time well this is fun michael texted me because we do a family and friends thing and he's like well how was your bracket experience like glad to have been here <clears throat> the arizona game and the purdue game a lot of similarities arizona and and i don't think people quite appreciate this sometimes when they're watching these games the le- if 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 these low seeds are close with about four or five minutes left in the game. The incredible pressure that I think these kids feel, you could tell at the end of both of those games, because I watched them intently, especially the Arizona one for obvious reasons. A lot of butthole puckering? Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted the ball. There was a kid for Purdue, number zero, I can't remember what his name is, with about five minutes left in the game, he shot a three on the wing and he airballed it. Two possessions later, same shot, 
Nobody within 10 feet of him. He passed the ball. Yeah. And I and I said to my buddy that was here watching the game with me, I said, oh, they're, they're done. They're done. They're done. They're not winning this game. They're scared. And you see that with these these high seeds against the low seeds in some of these first rounds. They kind of shit their pants because that pressure. And, you know, like I said with Marquette, if, if Cam Jones doesn't get hotter than shit for, like, that four-minute stretch where they blow the game open and it's a – one two possession game with three minutes to go. I'm not sure they win that game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what else did we have here? Um, you know, Kansas, Arkansas. A little surprised by that one. I think, I think Bill Self being in the hospital was a was a big factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Gonzaga UCLA game, which was a which was a great game. Kansas State, Michigan State, great game. Um, you know, I, I, Gonzaga did all they could to blow it. All they could. I think they blew like a 12-point lead in the last two minutes, but yet somehow hung on to win. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, did you enjoy this tournament? This is my kind of tournament. I, I don't count on winning the brackets. It's fine. I like parody. You and I talk about this, it seems, every year, you know, with the ratings and people wanting to see Blue Bloods and the Kentuckys and the Kansases of the world. And UConn, you know, being down and then coming all the way back up and kind of seeing, I read it, I saw an article today about their their reformation and transformation and now that they're bad, they're fully Got back backed. into the Big East, yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's a real, like... A real conference. Right, so they're back and, and you know, that kind of stuff, but... Uh, maybe it's because it's more of a personal thing for me now. Like, did you see the story that was posted about the the FAU announcer who lost the Ethernet all in the front row just as the final sequence was happening? No. And he had to reach to the second row, and one of his teammates, like, physically held that thing that we have to broadcast in. The guy was holding it between the tables while the call was being made because he had to stretch an Ethernet cord. No. Like, that kind of shit. And Because I was teammates with that guy in Good Karma, uh, for ESPN West Palm, they're the FAU, like that kind of stuff, and, and take that out of it. But like FAU making it all the way, and like the upsets of Purdue and stuff, that's the type of stuff that the ca- very casual fan like me, I like to see that. You know, I don't need to see the UCLA's and the Gonzagas and the Arizonas anymore. I like the exciting stories. Maybe that might wear off now that we get to the Final Four. Like, you bring up Butler, you know, a couple of years, you know, we've already seen this movie and that kind of, you know what? That's fine, but like Miami, I don't know anything about basketball close to you, but the couple of games that I actually saw in Miami, something kind of told me right at the beginning, it's like, they look really good, and I think they're going to be good, and I really wanted to pick them almost all the way to the Final Four, and now they're there. It's like, this is the kind of stuff I like, and this is what keeps me engaged. You already have the the, the people like you who are going to watch basketball because it's basketball. You need to find a way to get everybody else, and now you've got me. And that's maybe what leads to maybe a couple of people will drop off because, like, I don't give a shit anymore. So you'll watch the Final Four? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I will. If I if I have time and it's on and I know it's on, I'm going to watch. Um, because now I'm kind of interested to see who comes out of there. If these four teams were in the college football playoff, would you feel the same way? No, because they're not they're, they're not football schools. FAU, I would be I would like UConn, it's like Yeah, but Miami's not a basketball school. That's a football school. That's true. Um 
That's why you know, and that's, I would be gl- well. You know me in football. I'll watch anything. Well, I understand, but but like I'm not excited to watch San Diego State and FAU. I figured you wouldn't uh, be. You know, I'm going out to dinner instead. I, I'm not <laughs> super. Sure. You know, the Miami. My the thing about Miami and UConn, they're fucking good teams. Mm-hmm. Miami won the ACC. Right. If Marquette doesn't beat UConn in the semis of the Big East tournament, UConn would have won the tournament. They would have been the two seed, not Marquette. Mm-hmm. UConn was number one in the nation earlier in the year. So those two teams are legitimately good teams, and the fact that they're in the Final Four isn't shocking. But a nine seed and a five seed. FAU is surprising, but they've won. like They're like 34-1. and one. And San Diego State has been a good basketball program for a long time. They've just never made, right. made a run. Um, you know, I, I agree with what you said the first weekend. Okay. Once we get to the second weekend into the final four, I want to see the best teams and the best players. That's, that's the most interesting because those are the guys that I'm going to watch for the next in the future, 10 years in the NBA. And it's fun to be able to look back at, at their college careers and stuff. Um, it's been interesting listening to the conversation about some of these teams, though, um, in regards with the NIL and the transfer portal, and is this kind of the new age of college basketball? I'm not sure I'm there yet because I know nobody can remember last week, but last year the Final Four was Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova. That's okay. pretty blue blood. That's three Old school blue bloods and Villanova, who's been the best program in America for the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So, like last year, we weren't talking about this, and, right. and the NIL and the transfer portal existed. This year, we're talking about it because we don't have the traditional teams. teams. I mean, yeah. UConn is, yeah, you know, they had their little downturn, but if they win the national title, it'll be like their fifth in twenty years. Um, I don't know, man. It, it is interesting, though, like. I was texting with a buddy during the San Diego State-Alabama game, and he was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe San Diego State's going to win this game. And my response to him was, they're a fucking G League team, man. Everybody on their team's 22, 23, 24 years old. Alabama's dudes are 19. Right. And that's kind of that's more of what I think we're going to see going forward in the tournament. We're going to see... Older veteran college teams are going to knock off the big name teams more often than maybe we used to see because of the physical maturity and the experience that these guys have. Weren't we saying that about Kentucky a few years ago because they were they were so young and they had a bunch of guys that would go there one year and then jump to the NBA because they'd get into the tournament well, I, and it'd be like it's one of the reasons why the the Badgers beat them that year. Um. I mean, if you go back and look at that Kentucky roster, Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns are a thousand times better than anybody on the Badgers. But they were 19, and the Badger guys were 22, and they had played together for three years, and they they could shut their eyes and throw the ball to their teammate, and they knew they were going to be there. That matters, especially when you get into these one-game do-or-die tournaments, and like we said— get to the end of these games and the fucking collar starts getting tight right. and you got a bunch of kids versus men it's 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 a big deal but well say what you want about 
F, you know, the likes of FAU, but, you know, uh, my the guy that calls the Owls for them has watched Conference USA all year, and he said, call it a mid-major or not, but they, they have a lot of good teams in there. You got two of them right now, and again, say what you want about the NIT, and we'll kind of go into the Badgers this. You got one team in the Final Four from Conference USA, and you got an all-Conference USA NIT championship game. Mm-hmm. They got good teams, mm-hmm. and they've all done really well this year. So, yep. um, I you know, give a credit credit to them for, you know, you... you, know, you well, there was no great team this year. Um, You know, we had a few teams milling around at the mm-hmm. top, Houston, UCLA, Purdue, but there was no there was no great team in college basketball right. this year. There was a lot of parity. Um back just before we hit the Badgers, just mm-hmm. back to the 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 transfer portal. So Marquette has already got three guys that have entered the portal. Um one guy who was uh the NAIA player of the year last year played all four years, was going to use a COVID year at Marquette, but got hurt. He's in the portal. And then they've got two guys that um, were, uh, I think, freshmen this year in eligibility-wise that are going to leave because they're kind of blocked, Um, which, you know, Marquette needed a a scholarship space anyway because of the recruits they're bringing in. Now now I wouldn't be surprised to see them hit the portal and go get a guy or two. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens with the Badgers in the portal. For sure. Really interesting. Um, they've got some guys that I think if they weren't back, I don't think the coaching staff would lose a lot of sleep over it. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure the Badgers are a destination for a lot of these kids that are in the middle of their career mm-hmm. to want to go there. Um, are you going to get a guy like Klesment? Well, that 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 that's I think more what you're you will you will see yeah. some some maybe l- local kids that the Badgers didn't want two years ago, like what you said a few weeks ago, and now all of a sudden it's like they're available, they're interested in coming home. You kind of need some bodies, and and all of a sudden they're they're Badgers. Right. Um, I don't know. It, I don't really like the transfer thing. I know. I, I just don't. Yeah. I don't like the NL, NIL thing. I mean, I think the Florida Atlantic coach said in uh, one of his pressers the other day that he's got guys right now getting recruited by other schools while they're going to the Final Four. That, that's that's not right. That, to me, is wrong. you got to have some yes. kind of a moratorium yep. on that where there has to be a no-contact period. Mm-hmm. You can't be doing that. That's, no. that's bullshit. It is. Um, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Badgers were up big. Uh, in the NIT <laughs> semifinal against North Texas. After the first half, I thought everybody was, uh, the chatter was like, all right, this is cool. This is great. And then they proceed to do what they've done every, almost every game, is have a prolonged scoring drought. And then the last play that they had, I think they were, were they down two? Like they went for the tie and they had it for the last possession and nobody wanted the ball. Well, there was one too many passes. Everybody got mad at guard because he called a timeout. Yes. And they're like, oh, he's wide open. It's like, well, dude, I have no confidence that Tyler Wall is going to make a contested layup. No. Sorry. I That that didn't bother me as much. It was the execution on the last play with the one pass too many, and they tried to get it back to Crowell, and it was a little wide. It got, I think it might have got tipped, and it was out of his hands, and then the game was over. But um, 
and I said, and I saw Wargle tweet this out, our Badger guy afterwards. He said, I know somebody, you know, people are wanting the Badgers to go get a big and somebody with sides and whatever. But he said, and this is kind of what I've thought all year. It's he goes, I'd go out and just find a cold blooded shooter. Somebody who can actually make it. You want to give them the ball because they are so confident and percentages on their side that they're going to knock down shots. You just need somebody who can make shots Mm -hmm. because this offense, when it just gets down to the last five seconds and they haven't generated a look for anybody, to me, you don't have any confidence that anybody can make anything. It's incredible that a Power 5 program can go nine minutes and not score a point. That's incredible to me. Incredible in the worst sort of way. And the funny thing about it was, like, the Badger defenders are like, well, North Texas has got the best defense in in the country. And it's like, but you had 50 fucking five points the first 75% of the game. Most they gave up all year. They they just decided, okay, well, now we're going to play. No, come on, man. Like, this is who you are. Right. It's not about who they are. It's about who you are. Yeah. And, uh. I mean, obviously, uh, this this There's is combination. If you're if you're trying to run guard on on a rail yeah. because of this game, I think you're kind of an idiot. I, I you know that's fine. I well, think at at this point in the season, you you knew who these guys were. It's not shocking what happened. No, no. You you've seen this movie multiple times this year. Yeah. You just it stinks because as you keep advancing, you're like you're one game, and it's I get the it's the NIT, but whatever. But it's like. You think if you get there, finally you maybe put this to bed, Boy. but it just keeps coming back. Some of those NIT teams really stunk. Horrible. Yeah. Bad. Bad teams. Bad so, teams. We'll that, see. I mean, and that's why, you know, you, and you think about it like, well, yeah, but like in North Carolina, they don't even want to be in that shit. No. You know? Well, you said they were injured. And, but, yeah. But like, and a lot of, like, it's, it's kind of beneath you. But some of the teams that don't win their conference tournaments, but they win their conference regular season, they get the automatic bid. And at least, like, for the Badgers, it's a developmental thing. You know, you want to keep playing because you need some more time with these guys. If, if they the, all stick around. Right. If yeah. some of the seniors were to opt out or some of the guys that wanted to enter the transfer portal and they're like, you know what, I'm done with this. I, I don't want to. It's been a rough season. I'm out. But don't, don't, I wouldn't blame them either. Don't you kind of feel like if you've seen the last of Isaac Lindsay and Carter Gilmore in a Badger uniform, everybody fine. would be okay with fine. that? Just fine. You know? Jordan, I mean, and Jordan look. Jordan Davis. I'm telling you, fine. keep your eye on Chucky Hepburn. All right. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll write that down. I could be. I may be dead-ass wrong. Okay. But I think that's a guy in the portal to keep your eye on. I okay. wouldn't be surprised if he uh, throws out some, okay. some lines. All right, I I got to get going, but yeah. we'll uh, we'll breeze through a little baseball opening day today. What we talked, you fell asleep for a couple innings, didn't miss anything. Four nothing, Brewers lose. Burns gives up. I think they were all earned uh, as, as well. Um, and then you get their home opener Monday against the Mets, and then you got the Cardinals coming in. Um, what do you make of the roster? Right now, you mean who um, made it and who didn't make it? Um, I'm okay with it, I guess. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, it would have been cool to have Freilich and Weimer al- along with Terang and Mitchell to make the opening day I, roster, but I get I why they. Freilich. I get, I get why they didn't. Yeah, they didn't want all those rookies up at the same time, and then you know, I, they didn't come out and say this, but I think it's common sense if you follow baseball. They don't want to have to pay all these guys at the same time. Correct. Um. Yeah, use, so that, use all that time. That's, yeah, a, that's right. a factor. But, you know, Terang and Mitchell both started today. Terang at second, Mitchell in center. Um, the video of him and Council telling him 
that he he's made the team is fantastic yeah, social cool. media stuff. Pretty cool. I mean, that's that's those are the stories that I like. Um, it, it doesn't matter with the with the makeup of the team, but I that's cool for a young kid to experience that and and manage it. And that's probably the kind of stuff that they live for too. I I think this team's going to be a lot like last year. Wait. They started out like that. I think they have got very, very good pitching, although I, I'm a little concerned about the back end of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Devin Williams, I am not. I have no confidence in any of those guys because <laughs> most of them I don't know or they weren't on the Brewers before. Um, I think they're really hoping that Matt Bush can be the setup man. Um, we'll see. But I think the Brewers are going to be, you know, they're going to be in that, 85 to 88 win range, I think, again, just, you know, due to their pitching and the fact that they have two teams in their division who aren't even going to try in in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, so you're going to rack up a lot of wins there. Um, You'd hope. Sad to see Keston here get DFA'd, but you you knew it was coming. It's just just disappointing that it didn't work out. Right. Sounds like he's going to stay in the organization. No, he cleared waivers Um, and he was outrighted, so... So so that's nice, and, you know, I mean, sometimes that happens and a guy rejuvenates himself and maybe he comes back and is a contributor. I mean, how many times was he up and down and up and down? Ah. He'd go down and he'd tear it up. He'd come up and do nothing after a while. Well, and that's, and, and that's the thing. I, I don't know now how his options work. Right. Can you, I don't think you can keep doing that with him anymore. I don't think. I think he's used up everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um we did see a, a, a pitch clock yeah. call today in the in the game. Which Stroman I was surprised that was the first one because there were three games that started earlier. That they had a couple noon starts, so nobody must have that happened for Stroman to get called for that. It'll be interesting in tight games with the bullpen guys. I think. I think that's where you'll see it. I think first, second, third inning. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But you know, second, third, one out. You know, Aaron Judge comes to the plate in Fenway in, in the ninth inning. That's where you may see. And the interesting thing is, like they said on the on the broadcast today, Levering said once you start your windup, uh, yeah. you can take as long as you want. You'd see the little number as soon as Strowman started to go back. Yep. That number disappeared. And a couple times he like when nobody was on, so he couldn't be called for a balk. He would really slow. He, he would. He'd it. step, yeah, and like lean and keep leaning, and then all of a sudden he'd go. It was interesting. Yeah, that Cubs team. We were talking before, and we we can get out on this. Um, they're they're interesting to me this year. They got a couple real guys now in in Bellinger, uh, Hosmer, and Swanson. All played in World Series. Um, Bellinger, former MVP, coming off of of a shoulder deal. Dansby Swanson's one of the better shortstops in baseball and has been for several years. So if they get any kind of pitching, they could be dangerous. So we'll see. We'll uh, see what happens with the Cubbies. I was down in St. Louis for the last three days, and they're, of course, get, they were getting ready for today's opener in the afternoon, and a lot of Cardinals stuff downtown, a lot of memorabilia and bars, and we were watching local TV. But it's like every sports guy or panel or whatever, when it come to the Cardinals, it'd be – Best fans in baseball, oh, best baseball city, best baseball organization. I mean, it yeah. was just dripping. No one pats with, themselves oh on the back like the God. Cardinal fans do. It was like I and I had the kids in the hotel room, so it's like I'm just 
I'm just <laughs> seething through my teeth. Like, I want to just hurl obscenities at the TV. Like, shut the fuck up. I'm tired of hearing this shit. Were you able to get Melina's autograph while you were down there? Selfie. <laughs> hey, dick. Punch it. You take it. Oh, you're like, hey, man. you want to take a selfie as you're punching him in the balls? That's. Would I risk probably getting my ass kicked by him? <laughs> Maybe, but it'd give me just what a story. one final time. What a story. Fuck that guy. Yep. Oh, my just God. I'm so glad he's a, gone. A, a Ric Flair low blow. <laughs> or maybe like, hey, selfie, and do, do the double eye poke. Yep. Something like that. Uh, that's what I would. Oh, my God. Speaking of that, WrestleMania 39 this weekend. Really? Isn't, Jesus, I felt old when I heard that. You going to watch? Oh, no. I haven't watched for years. Hard to believe, though. I have 26 years ago. I tagged you in it the other day yeah. when that was up. I was at WrestleMania Man. 13. That's Austin's feels like another life. Face and yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back. We'll yep. try and uh, we'll try and get on a more regular basis. We'll see as stuff happens. We get closer to the draft and basketball get, ramps up for the playoffs. Baseball's going. Masters is next week. Um, so there's a lot going on. April, beginning of April is always a busy, yep. busy time of the year for sports. So, uh, thank you for listening, downloading, and taking it all in. Please subscribe, and of course, tell your friends. Until next time, I'm Josh and Dan. We will talk to you down the road. Go Bucks, go Brewers. Let's see if they can get a run this weekend.